It is October 24th, 2018, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined, as always, by Justin Labar and Nick Hausman in the house. How's it going, Nick? Woo-hoo! Houseman in the house! Woo-hoo! Yeah. If I'm, I'm Houseman in the house, is it Labar in the bar? Because that sounds pretty accurate, right? <laughs> That's correct. True dat, as the kids say. Uh, oh, man, so much to talk about this week. We got the SmackDown rundown, the SmackDown Live review. But before that, we're all, man, it's so it's amazing. I was going to say funny, but funny is the wrong word because, I mean, of course, funny, strange, this journey we call life. This this week, since Monday, this mug, Smart Tears, has taken on a whole new context and a whole new meaning as the internet it's really done a 180. A lot of us assholes really feel like shit now for some of the things we've said about Roman Reigns in the past and the way we've treated him. Uh, the announcement that he has leukemia has touched the hearts, I think, of every professional wrestling fan. And I don't know about you guys. I feel like it's something I'm still reacting to. They showed the the recap on SmackDown last night and uh, sort of hit me all over again. Justin, what say you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking real life here. So, you know, number one, you want him just to get healthy for uh, himself and his family. But, of course, all of us being, you know, talking WWE uh, as much as we do for, for a living, um, you know, I, I couldn't help. And I tweeted it. One of the first things I tweeted Monday, I couldn't help but think, you know, it, obviously, hopefully not if, but when he gets healthy and he's able to come back to WWE, the first thing I thought is, wow, WWE might have a second chance to get him to be the overwhelming love baby face that they wanted all along because he might have this rally support. You know, I, I drew a little bit of comparison to Shawn Michaels. I lost when he lost his smile. Now, granted, this is a little bit more serious uh, than what Shawn Michaels situation was. Uh, but Shawn came back. He, he kind of had that support. People, he came back, you know, had the amazing run in 96. Um, you know, so I, you know, I don't know. I just, I, it's sad. You want him to get healthy. Um, and it is good to see that even if you're not a Roman Reigns fan, that people are being respectful for the most part of um, Joe Anawahi and, and being supportive of him. Absolutely. Nick. Yeah. You know, I, I saw a lot of people tweet kind of exactly what you said to start this Glenn, which was, I feel bad now that I was so mean to Roman Reigns and uh, maybe, maybe a, a sober moment here for pro wrestling fans. We've kind of entered a, a point in time where it's very hip to, to hate things that people like or that, you know, kids like or whatever, like, you know, whatever. It's just wrestling, right? We're here to have a good time. Enjoy the product. If you don't enjoy the product, go do something else, right? If you really are so angry and you hate something, don't don't welcome it into your life. Um, these are people that go out there and, you know, they're doing a show. The kind of emotion you're feeling about how you're resenting this person, in my opinion, has been largely manufactured over the past couple of years. Huh. I, think, I think they knew what was going on and they played into it and that's fine. I think it's amazing that Roman Joe was able to keep this under wraps so that you couldn't use it as a cop out for why this guy got over. Oh, well, he's the guy who beat cancer. Right. And you have to go along with the booking that they, they gave you. And you have to like this guy because you know, this in the back of your head, not knowing that really does change the dynamic a lot. And I think you're right, Justin. I don't know that they're going to finally get the, the push they always wanted from Roman. I think they're going to get more than that. I think they're going to get something uniquely different when he comes back. Because the entire landscape for the Roman Reigns character is completely altered after uh, after Monday night. Yeah, man, uh, big news this week, overshadowing everything uh, as as it should. I mean, this this was a big big moment in professional wrestling just to have uh, him breaking kayfabe completely. My name is Joe. Talking about this battle he's been having, seeing the reactions of the other performers, um, it has overshadowed everything. Although WWE Crown Jewel is still a top story in the world <laughs> of professional wrestling. Oh, it was such an emotional roller coaster on Monday night. I cried and then I got kind of angry and then I cried again. <laughs> you know, it's they're taking me back and forth, Glenn. They're taking me yeah. all, over, all over the map here. You know? So, what's the latest? What, what are we hearing? Uh, Justin, what have you heard about the WWE going or not going to Saudi Arabia? Well, I can say this. I talked to somebody this morning who um, w w is scheduled to go to Crown Jewel um, wherever Crown Jewel is. I had heard a rumor. I don't know where it came from about it being potentially moved to Albany, New York. I asked, <laughs> I asked this particular person. They had not heard that. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It just hadn't got to them. 
Uh, but they reminded me, they, this person I spoke to reminded me that they WWE already has people over in Saudi Arabia setting up for the show. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't obviously stop that setup or pull those people out of there. But, I, I mean, I had heard a few weeks ago that they were, you know, when this stuff really started breaking, this really kind of became a story, um, you know, obviously after the uh, the murder of the, of the journalist. You know, I had heard internally that they were looking, and maybe, you know, they, they, about looking somewhere else. I'd heard England. I'd heard other places outside of the, of, of the U.S. Uh, but then nothing, you know, then they just stopped saying Saudi Arabia, and they just kept talking Crown Jewel. And, I mean, we're at the point now to where, I mean, we're you know, if we get through this weekend, if we get to Monday Night Raw next week, which is the go-home Monday Night Raw before Crown Jewel, I think if they haven't announced a move, then it is what it is. They're going to Saudi Arabia, uh, and if people don't like it um, – a, WWE is getting their money no matter what, and B, if people don't like it, the only way you can really have your voice be heard is just not watch, just not watch the show, and then they'll see the streaming numbers be very low. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't. It's disgusting what's going on over in Saudi Arabia, but I'm gonna watch Crown Jewel. I mean, I, I'm just being honest. So I, 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 you know, I don't know. People can complain. Spoken like a true WWE fan. I'm, I'm disgusted a, by I'm their honest. politics. Well, I'm, being I'm gonna honest. watch. I, yeah. Well, I am. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna watch. You know, I mean. We have to, you know, and that's the thing is I've, I've also kind of, I hate to say come to terms with that, but, uh, you know, we're historians, right? Our job is we've, we've picked this, this specific, uh, industry to cover, to journalize about. You have to be knowledgeable about the business. You can't talk about the merits or demerits of a show without actually having to have watched it. So we're going to watch it. I mean, I have to watch whatever it is that they put out. It is, it's part of the, the job description. Um, but the the other side of this, and I I don't know what you, you've heard, Justin. I only know what I've I've seen. You know, the Robbie Fox from Bar you know Barstool Sports, uh, Melter chimed in on this as well. A couple other outlets, uh, I think Russell votes that that Twitter account that seems to always be one step ahead. Uh, they're all saying Cena is refusing to go, and uh, I hear you. If they make it to Raw and they say we're doing Crown Jewel, hell, they just announced another tag match. We'll get to here in just a little bit during SmackDown. If they make it to Raw, I, I would think they're in. But how do you do it and justify if Cena's not going to be there? How how do you work around that? Well, I think if that's what they get to, I think they'll simply just have they'll they'll just make it. I actually just make an announcement that says you know well, Cena's not going to make it. Either. His schedule's not going to allow it. Um, that's a very believable excuse, right? And then sure. you have you have a new qualify match. Mind you, everybody of course is going to assume no or they think they know that the reason is because he's refusing to go. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure that's. I mean, the, the only person that can deal with that situation is Vince McMahon himself. That's not something that Vince can delegate. I mean, that this is a, that's a Vince only of having to deal with 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 your yeah, your top guy of this era, um, man, and convincing and convincing him to be a team player. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, kind of well, kind of reminds me of Hulk Hogan being the guy who helped break down the union, only the opposite of that, right? Where it's like Hogan stopped the guys from, from doing something that Vince didn't want them to do. John's like, no, do it. I will, I will lead the charge, you know, anti. Well, and I wonder, and again, this is, this is all just us completely, you know, we, I, I, you know, I have not talked to John Cena. I have no idea, you know, but I, but I wonder, I don't know. is it, is it um, if it is true, if he is in fact uh, putting up a refusal to, to go, is it as much because, you know, he did, is it as much because he doesn't support the show and he doesn't want to see any of the other talent go or anything like that? Or is it him saying to Vince, look, I got a whole different image now. I'm in the Hollywood circles as well. I got a whole, you know, like I, this is going to affect me, if me being there. It's going to affect me a lot more than it's going to affect pick mid card wrestler. Like I, you know, I wonder, I mean, I don't, is it so much, is it so much morality and politics or is it just, uh, is, is it a publicist of his saying you really need to not go? I wonder that too. Like the rock, the rock did show up at SmackDown, SmackDown 1000, his show. I, I think there may have been a somebody in oh, his maybe yeah, yeah. just saying it didn't and didn't and didn't even do a didn't even do a video we talked this last didn't yeah. even do a video for <laughs> I mean they you know again guy guys surrounding Hollywood where there's a, a million cameras and nobody could even get thirty seconds for the rock to talk and say congratulations I mean you know Ronda Rousey's yeah. publicist is like the best thing that could have happened to you is being a woman right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah seriously um I'm still surprised Daniel Bryan hasn't. Well, that of it yet. I mean, this is a guy that I don't even think uses toilet paper. He's that concerned about the earth. Um, Talk about dangerous people here, man. You know, yeah. this guy, you know, it's your livelihood. It's your family. Uh, it's not so easy to step out of line in, in this situation. I, I get it. I get all the pressures on all sides. I, I, I feel bad. I'd love to be a fly on the wall 
understanding more about this situation. I would too. And just, I guess, maybe one, one more point on this. I, I think it's interesting, again, trying to look at it from like a Daniel Bryan's perspective. Okay, Daniel Bryan, a guy who uh, we, we would say is, I mean, he's a main event talent, he's a pop star. But it's got to be interesting if you're a talent because, because you know, you can feel like, all right, I don't feel comfortable going or, 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 or politically or morally, I don't feel it's appropriate to go. But then when you have, you know, then when you have guys like like The Undertaker, the ultimate company leader and the ultimate veteran who is seems like he's gone, we haven't heard anything about him and, and that he's willing to go and do whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like at what point do you have to draw the line between following suit in a locker room pecking order? Uh, when, at what point do you do that or what point do you break away and say, okay, no, this isn't wrestling pecking order stuff. This is I'm a human being and I don't want to freaking go over there. Like, you know what I mean? It's, I, I wonder you know, where do you, where do they have to draw the line in terms of, of, of how they, not even speak up publicly, because they're not going to speak up publicly, they know, that, they, know that, they know that causes a lot of problems, but even just speaking up backstage amongst their peers, you know, at what point do they have to, at what point does Dan O'Brien have to just keep his mouth shut, or what point I, does he not keep his mouth shut? I find it hard to believe that there are not loud rumblings backstage about this. This is kind of an elephant in the room that you can't ignore. The fact that it hasn't spilled over publicly yet, I mean, we had... The one little Sam Roberts comment that was kind of a, a nothing in the wind. It could have been something that led to more outcry. Didn't, um, you know, it, 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 I would, I, again, just, I'd love to be a fly in the wall. I want to hear that. I think it is louder in the back definitely than it is in the public sphere. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure afterwards, you know, Corey Graves or someone will have another cryptic tweet. Not so cryptic. Um, it's dangerous, you know. man. These are killers. You know, they love their wrestling. You take it from them. I don't know what that – I mean, that's ter- – I mean, but that's the reality of it, right? It's very, very scary. I mean, that's just, not the angle I've been thinking. I mean, I, I've not, I've been thinking that, oh, my God, the Saudis are going to put out a contract like they did on Cat Stevens. Well, that wasn't – that was the uh, Ayatollah of Iran. But still, I'm just saying, like, there's not going to be a fatwa. Did the Saudis do fatwas? I apologize to Saudi Arabia if the fatwa is not your thing. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think they're going to come and, like, take out a hit on John Cena. I, I I would hope not, but I don't know. These people just murdered a journalist, and they tried to cover it up in the worst way possible. Well, my, mind you, though, if, if John Cena and the Undertaker and, and some of those people, and, and if, if the names advertised for Crown Jewel did go to Saudi Arabia, this that, that this would be the highest profile um, entertainment stars from America in the country, and and, at least, and that ever go there because right now, I mean, they you know I know it's part of the so I, so we hear the long term plan of of, of of having Western culture and entertainment there, but you know it's not like they have. You know, not like they have the major singers or whatever doing concerts over there yet. So, so really, John Cena, who's who's obviously a movie star as well, and you know, probably the, the richest member of the the talent roster. Um, you know that you know he would be the highest profile person going into this again, a country that the, the, that America deems an ally, but obviously again, a, a, complicated, a very complicated. Very da- and very I have to dangerous. clarify and correct myself for a second because I know there's one person that's really frustrated that uh, is thinking this right now. It wasn't a fatwa against Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens supported the fatwa against Salman Rushdie. That's what I was thinking of. So people that watched that last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm are the only ones out there that really get this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but that's I don't think they're going to retaliate against the WWE or Vince. Um, I think they're going to be safe if they travel there, I would hope. Last time they gave them a long list of the do's and don'ts. And I mean, look, if they're going there as guests of the Saudi royal family, I would think that given the climate and even given what we know about this assassination against this journalist, being on the, you know, in the good graces of the Saudi royal family is probably the safest position to be in in Saudi Arabia. Sure. Yeah, I'd trust them. Absolutely. 100%. I'd trust them implicitly. I would give them my PIN number to my, my credit card or to my, my bank account. Well, they certainly don't need your money, Nick. Nick, let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Or, and Glenn, you too. Yeah. Hypothetically, because and this is hypothetical. It's not happening, obviously, for this Crown Jewel show. But let's say in, in five years from now, if, if, this is, if this truly is going to be a long-term thing, the WWE is going to do with Saudi Arabia. If the WWE came to any one of us, and I'm asking you two now, okay. and they said, hey, they said, hey, you know, we want to help um, – we want we want to help make sure that the positive we, we we want American you know journalists American media outlets to like see the impact we're making positively on the culture and see how Saudi Arabia is treating us and then basically go and try to see the firsthand and, and spread the positive news so to speak. If WWE said, look, we're gonna we're gonna pay your expenses and we're gonna have a small group of American media come, would you go and and, and attend the show and cover it as a as a media member? Me? Yes. Oh hell no! Hundred percent. No way. No way. No way. Just curious. Just no, way. no way. Just curious. No way. Not in a million years. Not right now. 
I, I should say in a million yeah. years, maybe in a million years, if we're all still around and things are different and whatever, but not, not this environment. No, 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 no. Just curious. I was there. Some, yeah. Somebody asked. Somebody asked that to me. This, uh, and we're asking about that. So I was just curious what other. And I was kind of like, I was kind of like, yeah, this one would be a tough one to do. <laughs> yeah, I, too too weird for me. Too weird for my blood. So. Eh, maybe if I had a different last name, I feel a little safer. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's only uh, ten days away. Yeah, they'll be well, here before we know it. Albany. Oh, by the way, my joke. Albany. <laughs> Albany, the crown jewel of the East Coast, right? I mean, it, it, it speaks well, it speaks for itself, you know. Well, it was the location of the one of the greatest Royal Rumbles. The yeah, this is the super duper greatest, one of the best Royal Rumbles. Not the, not the greatest Royal Rumble, but the, one of the best Royal Rumble. Ninety two. Got it. Sorry. Oh man. Um. Yeah. Jesus. This whole thing. This whole thing. Wow. SmackDown Live <laughs> last night opened with the New Day, uh, talking about. Why did Big Show help the bar leading to a match? Uh, Big Show versus Kofi Kingston ended up with all the men in the ring disqualification. And uh, did they set this match for Crown Jewel? The bar versus uh, the bar with uh, Big Show versus New Day? Yeah. And I don't think that it's a six. I don't think it's a six man for the tag. I think it's the bar versus two members of the New Day is what I gleaned. And Big Show will just exist at ringside for the bar. Because that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) It's their dad. Dad wants to see his kids do well. For real. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like Big Show. I like seeing Big Show back. Looks really good, right? I mean, I Justin. Like yeah, I mean, I, I I found it funny when he turned last week that, like, you know, even he made the joke on podcast about the amount of times that he's he's turned. It's almost like it's it's almost like whenever Big Show goes into the Hall of Fame, he's gonna do it like a heel turn on the stage. Like he's gonna like choke slam like some production work or something just to say, oh. I just had another heel turn. Like, I mean, it's like it's become kind of a, the, the punchline to his career, albeit a very good career and an impressive career, but there's still a punchline. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. a joke, right? At the top That's of the new, day, the new Day was like, oh, we can't believe this man turned. That, that's like, come on, guys. <laughs> Dummies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, if we've learned anything from professional wrestling, it's that large men are quick to anger. And uh, that's why Big Show turned so much. I uh, saw the Roman recap setting up Brock versus Braun for the Crown Jewel Universal title match. <sighs> it feels so weird when they're recapping Raw and SmackDown. Again, I don't like when they do that, but uh, I get it. It made sense. The Usos versus Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Setting it up. And this is almost exactly what we uh, said it was going to be. In terms of how they were uh, trying to keep the tension going between AJ and Daniel. Uh, the Usos won this match last night with a flying big splash for the pin on AJ. Two weeks in a row now they've won. Um, I know this is running in place. Placeholder, very OG. Uh, well, not OG, but uh, mid-year SmackDown feel. Like five years ago, this this is the type of match they would have been doing on SmackDown. Um, Nick, Wait, what do you I, think of the, uh, Yeah, I just, I just want to jump in on that, that big yeah. splash. They did the Roman Reigns homage there uh oh the, yes the superman punch which i thought was just it was quick it, it was like you blinked and you missed it but they did slow it down and kind of put a little emphasis on it after the fact you know this this you you, you said it there glenn right this feels yeah. like season just like okay this is very good wrestling but you know whatever it this is a dream match anywhere else right daniel bryan sure. aj Styles taking on on the usos it does feel weird to me to have that kind of blase attitude of it um but it, it led to it led to that spot with the Usos paying homage to Roman, which I thought was very cool and class on their part. And I, and I kind of liked what they did backstage here afterwards. I mean, it, both these guys that got pinned, AJ and Daniel, by respectable, awesome, probably one of the greatest tag teams in WWE history. And it, it it's starting to put some friction there. It's a it's a chapter in a story, you know. So, yes, Justin. Yeah, um, I'm okay with that. I'm glad that I, I like the fact that you know. I like the fact that Usos are getting wins in this scenario, um, you know, because obviously not going to hurt Brian or AJ to lose uh, to get, take a pinfall from the Usos. So uh, I think it's good to help kind of it progresses everybody, helps everybody, and you know it provides a reason of tension, as we said, between AJ and Brian, uh, which he needs something so that way it's not all smiles and handshakes when they take on each other. So yeah, I'm, I'm I was good with this. I liked I liked the booking uh, decision here. Yeah, I thought. Uh... 
you know, for what it is, it was a good match and it kept the momentum going in this. But uh, Daniel versus AJ, I don't know. I wanted a little more momentum in this build. Hopefully next week they're able to um, make me think that this match is anything more than friendly athletic competition between well, the two of them. You know, I, I can kind of agree, Glenn. That it feels like you want like a little bit more speed going into this. But I, I wonder why when, when SmackDown was over last night, one of the feelings I had about the show as a whole, but especially when analyzing the build to a, a marquee match like like this one is, are they playing it kind of safe? Like they keep they're still talking about Crown Jewel, but like, are they playing it kind of safe on the on the situation of okay maybe maybe Brian doesn't make it there or maybe this show doesn't happen or you know like I almost wonder like is, is that why everything's kind of because it's because smack because like the way they ended which we'll get to obviously with order like it just it kind of felt like they're just kind of putting everything they're kind of keeping everything on standby you know what I mean? tentative. Like, Tentative is right. the word. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that this was afterwards the kind of backstage segment where he offers to like too sweet, you know, AJ or whatever. It did feel like a little bit of a, a heel ish tone to what Daniel was doing there. Um, I don't, the reason this feel, and I, I agree, this should feel like a big match to me. This does, this feels like another bump in the road for something that they've got planned long term. To me, it just doesn't make any sense to have these guys going at it, especially on this stage. When you had the Miz primed to be a, a great foil to either one of these guys and, and swing like a vine from one program to another and keep that 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 main car or that main event uh, picture really fresh. Now you've got Miz kind of relegated, you know, to the outskirts. Uh, you know, he was doing the stuff with Ray. We'll get to here in a little bit, but these two guys, their their chemistry together. You know, fans want to like both of them. I don't really. I just I think the timing's weird here for this. I don't know why they I don't know why they went this route unless they've got something planned longer that they're holding off on for like mania or something, you know? Maybe it remains to be seen. Uh oh man, I liked this last night a lot. This backstage segment from the performance center earlier this week with Charlotte Flair talking to the NXT women at the performance center. Breaking kayfabe, talking about character, talking about her journey, talking about all of this. And then Becky Lynch comes in and interrupts, and it ends up in a brawl on the Performance Center floor with the entire NXT women's roster um, standing around. And uh, I think we were talking about this on a previous podcast, maybe Monday, about how WWE hasn't done enough to sort of showcase the breadth and depth of women that are going to be in even the Royal Rumble or these matches at Evolution. Justin, uh, do you think this was sort of a good twofer last night to sort of remind people how many women the WWE has and then continue to build Becky versus Charlotte? Well, to your first question, yeah. I mean, obviously you see, uh, you know, the NXT uh, Performance Center ladies. Uh, you know, so, yeah, so you see actual depth in, in numbers. You see it, you see the bodies. You know, I like, I like the segment on paper. I like the thought of them using the Performance Center. Uh, I like the thought of Charlotte kind of, you know, breaking kayfabe, talking, you know, talking about character and how she's scared. Um, I, I like, you know, Becky again. I like Becky's words and her and her taunting. The whole execution as a whole, I think it's hard to do that segment and for it not to feel a little cheesy and obviously staged. Um, but I, I like the thought. I like the attempt. It didn't, it didn't, I didn't have the feeling that I hoped I had when it was all said and done. But again, I like the thought. Uh, I'm still super excited for Becky and Charlotte. It didn't, it didn't uh, harm the build. I just I think it's hard to pull that segment off. I think right now when you have Becky coming off so, I think when you have Becky coming off so well, I think putting it in a, in a very staged environment like that, I, I think I, you know that, that that's a little risky. But I, I like the attempt. It, it was it was it was different, you know. And again, and, and it's good to they don't do enough of that where we, we we don't see enough stuff where they incorporate the performance center. So it was kind of cool that they 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 use that as the uh, backdrop. Nick, yeah, what do you yeah, think? yeah, a lot of that. I mean, it, I think that the backdrop was really cool. <clears throat> Stone Cold Becky Lynch. I tweeted just about every other SmackDown Live now. She does things that just remind me of Stone Cold Steve Austin so much. Uh, last night, the whole rhetoric of don't trust your friends, you know, uh, DT. I mean, it was DTA to its core, right? Keep your head on a swivel. Everyone will turn your back on you. There is no trust in this business. Uh, right out of Stone Cold's playbook. And like you said, it's risky putting them in that environment to try to pull this off. But Steve Austin did all kinds of pre-taped stuff like this, right? Where he'd show up at a grocery store. He'd show up in the parking lot with a, a forklift or a crane. You know, he was always getting into people's business outside the ring and showing up in, in surprising spots. I, I they're, they're not being heavy-handed about it, in my opinion. But I definitely think they're pulling a lot from Steve Austin's playbook to get Becky where they want her right now. And uh, I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving the entire Becky Becky Charlotte ride at the moment. It would be it would be a pretty hot visual to see Becky Lynch 
uh, slam some beers together and, and, and try to <laughs> see Austin. Dude, and she did she stun Steve, and she's the man, right? I mean, that, you, that's what I wanted. Evolution, amen. Sign me up. Oh God, that's the match I'm looking forward to the most. I'm getting on a plane. I'm going to spend 12 hours round trip going to New York and back. And Becky versus Charlotte, last woman standing. Right. Big, big reason of that. Now, here's the question, though. We talked about this on Monday. Uh, Justin, to you first. Does that close the show, or does Ronda versus Nikki close the show? Uh, Ronda versus Nikki is going to close the show, I think. Um, I, you know, in, in Last Man Standing, the mat, that's a match you usually want to put on last because of, of the finale of it. But I just have a feeling that because Ronda versus Nikki, because of the it has the most mainstream that, that, that they're trying to pull off that appeal. Uh, because of Nikki's reality stuff and obviously Ronda, Ronda Rousey, and because Ronda versus Nikki kind of symbolizes what I think was what they think symbolizes this whole thing, which is the old guard of the divas versus the new badass woman. Uh, so I think that they're going to use that to close the show. I'm fifty fifty on it. It could go either way. I think you're probably right. I mean, there was the report went out that like the day after they announced Ronda versus Becky, they sold out the venue, right? Ronda versus, versus Nikki. Nikki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ticket sales did have a surge. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. So if that's what the people are paying to see, then yeah, it should be an event. But I wouldn't be upset at all, and I don't think the fans would either. You put Ronda and Nikki earlier in the card and, and closed it with Becky Charlotte. They're both sure. deserving in their own way. You know. Yeah. What if what what if they start? I mean, again, I always say starting a show is as important as you finish it. People that people that talk about oh, it's the first match, that's a disgrace. Now starting is as important as it finishing. What if they started the first match ever on this all women's pay-per-view? What if they started with the last man standing? Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think they do it kind of like the Hell in a Cell, right? Where they're going to put, you know, the two big bouts at either ends of the spectrum. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ronda versus Nikki would be a hot start as well. And I don't really know what they have planned for that bout. But, you know, if Ronda goes out there and, you know, sweeps the floor with Nikki in a couple seconds and gets the show going on like a hot note, um, there's there's merits to that as well. Yeah, that's Fingers- I guess is how, how long the match is going to be, uh, the Ronda match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed for the return of Twin Magic in the Ronda Nikki match. <laughs> they can still do it. They'll suspend disbelief. Just have sure. Brie under the ring. They run to the switcheroo. That match can, you know, go for five minutes instead of three minutes that way. Um, Rusev versus Aiden English. Okay, so look, Rusev did the accolade, made English submit for the win. That was all well and good. But here's here's what we need to solve, guys. Aiden needs something better to come back with than instead of Rusev Day. What do you say? It's going to be an Aiden English night. Yeah, you short Rusev Day is my long hot Aiden nights. You don't like that line? I think that's a good line. I think they say Aiden English night, or was it Aiden night? Just Aiden nights. Yeah, that's uh, English nights better. I think. <laughs> Fine, sure. I mean, whatever. It's Rusev Day's English night. English nights, you know, whatever. Kind of. I mean, like- something. Nick, you're a creative guy. Come on. Okay, I'm going to go to Justin. Justin, you give me your idea, Nick. You brainstorm this. Okay. I'm Justin, fine with that. I, I don't know what night. Aiden Knight. Yeah, what are we arguing about here? I, I, I'm with <laughs> Justin. That's a fine. It's a roots of day. It's hot Aiden Knights. It's fine. It's whatever. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. It just doesn't. Aiden Knight. <laughs> what? Would you buy a shirt that said Aiden Knight? Hot Aiden Knights, like the Silk Stockings logo? Then yes, absolutely. If it said Hot English Knights, I would buy that. English. I would buy an I'd buy an English Knights calendar, an English Knights mug. Sounds like a soccer team, the English Knights. Right. Oh yeah, that's true with the K N. Yeah. Yeah, but it kind of works though. Still, I don't know. They need something a little better. You know. Uh, if, the, if this feud's going to continue, if this feud's going to continue, I demand something better. This is not the part of this segment that I had issue with. Oh, what, what did you have issue with? The, the, the actual fact it's existing in match form and then he's beating Aiden again and destroying any momentum these two had it has nothing to do with that line the line is fine the the, the speaky part is the best part of this it is the it is the part of this that is the uh I'm I'm caring less and less because I get it Rusev hates this man who came on to his wife duh and it seems that he has killed that man and now where do you go that is my bigger issue with it Hold on, I gotta say, Veggie Gamer in the chat wins when he said it should have been English breakfast and a hot English breakfast. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> She's forget Rusev Day. She's gonna have a long Aiden night and a refreshing English breakfast. See, that's better. All right, that is better. 
Yeah, maybe him and Rusev can get involved in some elaborate capers, right? <laughs> Hope they don't get locked up. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, this feud, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, because the matches aren't going to keep you in this feud, but they're going to keep doing it. And I'm sure they're going to end up getting Rusev Day back together because they got nothing else for these guys. Oh, what? How, how can Rusev how, 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 how can, how can <laughs> allow him to come back into their camp? Oh, uh, you know, there's going to be because someone's going to explain to Vince that the word cook is back now, you know, with, uh, you know, everyone calling guys cooks. So it's going to be like, oh, like cook holding's a thing again. And then Vince is going to be, I've got it. I will say that I think it's interesting that if Daniel does decide he doesn't want to go to Saudi Arabia for whatever reason or get that match has to change. Rusev versus AJ Styles uh, would probably be a decent last minute substitution. I mean, right. The, the, the MBS like loves Rusev. They, I read that Jericho interview where he was like, yeah, they pulled me from the casket match because the Prince of Saudi Arabia wanted Rusev instead, which I thought was a, you know, again, it shows you how much this wrestling means to the people of Saudi Arabia and in particular the, the, the Royal family. Okay. So wait, I don't mean to divert back to this a second, but here's the chance for Vince McMahon to be a true Patriot and let's use the WWE product to influence policy in Saudi Arabia. Let's, you know, work it that way. So Vince can secretly sort of weave in sort of pro-democracy, equal treatment, humanity messages. I, I, if he'd have come out and SmackDown, top of SmackDown 1000 last week and announced, we're not going to crown jewel because America, we do not sell our values. Huge USA chant. Awesome. Uh, instead, he danced with our truth. So, <laughs> I mean, actually, he should have come out and said, this is America. We don't sell our values. But in fairness, guys, it's an awful lot of money. It's, you know, 110B. That's, mm, you know. Justin. I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, but Dancing with Our Truth is also very important for one's legacy, so not dismiss it. True TV. Got a big pop last night. By the way, Nick, are you smoking while we're doing this? No, I uh, I put my humidif- I put my humidifier in. I, I filled it up because I kind of wanted... I'm glad you mentioned it. Well, I saw I... the lighter in your hand. What are you doing? Burning incense? Oh, I do. I have incense over here on my, on my desk. But uh, no, that was the humidifier behind me that's making smoke right now. Well, I didn't. I, I just saw the, saw the lighter. I was trying to figure out what was happening here. I, I thought you were gonna like do like the old Undertaker creatures of the night thing. Or something. No, but that's why the humidifier's on. I'm trying to do a little smoke Undertaker vibe right now. So fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, the Miz <laughs> welcoming Rey Mysterio to Miz TV. Uh, one of the biggest pops of the night. Rey saying he thought he was gonna be on Truth TV. Um, <laughs> man, great seeing Rey back. Like this buildup, like seeing Ray versus The Miz, you know, a little, little not the first time we've seen this, but uh, I know, I thought I know one, I know one, per, I know one person who didn't like seeing it. His what? name's Raj. Why? What, what problem did Raj have with it? Because, because I want, I just, I know Nick and I like ganged up on Raj a few weeks ago on a podcast. Raj just doesn't, Raj just doesn't think The Miz belongs. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not championship material, LeVar. He doesn't not look champion. part of a champion in all those nice yeah. suits with that hot blonde on his arm, you know? Anyway. These sunglasses are the biggest mistake uh, The Miz has made in his career in quite some time. Mm, I don't know about biggest mistake. I per- I personally like new. I am a bug person Miz. I'm, I'm a fan of bug person Miz. Um, he also kind of looks... It's kind of got shades of maybe like he's a, a space alien uh, meets eyes wide shut. Like he's a sexual bug alien he is uh, actual like sex- a sex- sexual bug alien. That's a thing. That's I think the best way to describe the current incarnation of Miz is sexual. bug. That, alien. that is the next evolution of a English. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the English breakfast. Now, the, now, but to be real here for a moment, I dug, I dig these two working together. You know, I am a little, uh, I'm a little upset that Miz is not mixing it up with Brian and AJ right now because I think he's a natural fit. But it was um, who was it? Was it you, Glenn, that mentioned? Oh. Maybe somebody else. I forget who it was that mentioned the idea of Randy Orton uh, being Rey Mysterio's first opponent back and how great that would be. I was kind of hoping for that. If I can't get Orton Mysterio, Miz Mysterio works for me in like similar veins. I think that they'll have good matches together. They seem to work very well in the ring last night. And uh, the chemistry there with Miz being able to carry it uh, on the microphone. Uh, there's so much you can do with a guy like Ray. Uh, the size jokes, the masks jokes, uh, the age jokes. There's a lot you can do there. And I think these two will have uh, good chemistry if they're given some more time. 
Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, this match was, was good for what it was. I don't think Ray needs to do a whole lot to have great matches right now, right? I mean, people, he's at that stage in his career where people want to just see the hits. Yeah, if anything, I think they overworked. If you go back and watch some of the sequences they put together in that match, I mean, they were spot on. I mean, they're not going out there and wrestling a PWG style, but they're they're cinching together three, four move sequences at a time. And that's, you know, it's impressive to be able to have, you know, the ability to plant yourself and, and pull that stuff off. Yeah, it's just tough. They, they, worked a, they worked a very good match last night. No, I agree. Justin, uh, what'd you think of the match? Uh, yeah, really good. I really can't. Uh, I, I pretty much echo everything Nick said. You know, I think I thought if anything, maybe they put a they did a little bit more than I expected for a middle of a SmackDown, um, and, you know, non advertised match. I thought it was yeah. really well done. Better uh, than it needed to be. And uh, any hey, I love hearing six one nine on my TV every week. I will say that Miz looks tired though. Am I the only? Maybe that's why he's got the big old sexual butt. Oh, maybe. He's got a kid and a road schedule now. His eyes, he looked, I mean, he kept it together. The match was very good, but he looked tired to me. That guy looked a little beat. Yeah, well, he's moved to, uh, what, Austin? Yeah, I think you so. Know? It's very hot there. Yeah. Well, not now, but in the summer it is. Out promoting the Marine Six. Yeah. Close quarters. Close quarters, meaning like we didn't couldn't rent afford that big of a studio, so we well, shot and, it in close and, quarters. And, well, who knows if he might he probably still has reality show cameras following him so he's probably constantly having to deal with that they've already started airing uh, little teasers for the next season that's coming out that, in 20 that, that, that's what i mean so he's 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 now he's now trapped in the bella's life where you're never not gonna have a camera around you. <laughs> you make it sound so awful you're like and it begins well i mean you know yeah Ah, uh, i made it through two episodes of Ms. and mrs just felt too forced too forced uh, for me love it love it uh ray won with the 619 of course uh got the pin on the miz naomi and oscar versus mandy rose and sonia deville didn't happen all the women came out to the ring and oh we did uh see carmella and she did yell dance off so now carmella that's her thing now too justin you, you, in, you in with the dance off and the Fortnite dancing absolutely why not everybody likes a good dance it is over. That's the thing is it does. The fans seem to do the seem at least right now. They seem to enjoy it. If they enjoy it for many, much longer, we'll, we'll find out. This just was, you know, the quintessential go home, big schmoz of a sequence here to, to put over all the women. They're going to be on evolution. I, I kind of, I don't know. Didn't do a whole lot for me. Yes. Um, Shane McMahon came out, was uh, hyping up crown jewel in this tournament the World Cup. Why, 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 Justin? Why did he use the term, we will see who the best in the world is, and then look surprised at the CM Punk chance? <laughs> well, you know, that's not the first time they've used that phrase. They, they've used that phrase several times, and I, and I kept waiting for it to happen. They've used that phrase at, on Raw, promoting the, this World Cup. So, uh, But hey, good by him. He, <laughs> you know, well-timed and, and delivered a response uh, of CM Punk not in the tournament. So... Hey, they can afford him. They can afford to bring him back for this. If ever there was a time to bring CM Punk, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, you think think with CM Punk's principles that he's going to go to Saudi Arabia? Yeah, CM Punk is not safe in Saudi Arabia. He will absolutely... Something bad will happen to CM Punk. No, in Saudi my, my my point being, this is a guy that gets this is a guy that's been offended and bugged by by so many other things with WWE. You think you think you're going to get him to Saudi Arabia about for any amount of money? And I kind of wonder if there's not something. I mean, to that right? Obviously, they're going to try to pass this name off, the best in the world. They want people to stop associating it with CM Punk. I think that's why they're being so heavy handed about it. They'd like to hand it off to another wrestler that can start to call themselves best in the world. So anytime they say that line, you don't get those huge CM Punk chants. Uh, whether or not that it's another thorn in the eye that they have decided to not only strip this man of, of this label in the history books uh, or do their best to, they're doing it in a place that he really wouldn't like. So I, I don't know. I thought the I thought a very, very similar thing, uh, Justin, when watching this. Has Paige been on the road recently with them? I feel like she's not on TV lately. Justin, have you... Uh... She, she was there last week. Yeah, she oh, was in the no. backstage segment, but when's the last time she really spoke on camera? Uh, I mean, I mean, I I think she's been on each week. I, I'm I mean, just curious. Maybe not, you... maybe not. Maybe not. To, maybe she hasn't been doing. She hasn't gone out to the ring each week. But I mean, she's she's going to be on the Evolution commentary team, right? Uh, yeah, but I think it, I don't think it's I don't think it's commentary. Commentary for Evolution is Renee, Beth Phoenix, and Michael Cole. 
Oh, I thought I see. I thought I, I saw. It was, they still. See, I thought. Them. I thought it was. See, I actually I saw a graphic. I thought it was Renee, Beth Phoenix, and Paige. I saw Michael Cole listed. Now I can check real fast. That's fine. Yeah, double double check. I thought it was. I thought it was all an all female panel. Uh, I definitely. I definitely remember seeing Michael Cole's name. Um, because I remember thinking to myself, Evolution, the first ever all women's pay per view, and Michael Cole. Um. Anyway, isn't Ric Flair scheduled to show up? Yeah, but he's not announced. I don't think they've announced him. They've announced. Are, I'm pretty sure they've announced Cole. Are they going to do this again, Justin? Do you think they're going to take it back and have Rick help Charlotte win? I mean, wouldn't that be like the shittiest, most insulting way to end the first all women stand, or last woman standing match at the all women's pay per view? I hope. I hope if that happens, more people get. Off- I hope the same people that were offended and bothered by James Ellsworth helping Carmelo win the women's money in the bank. I hope they throw a fit for for sixty something year old Ric Flair helping. You know, Ric Flair's only six in his sixties. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I, think, uh, I, don't, I, mean, I don't have Google. I don't have Google in front of me, but somebody... good on Rick. He's looking better uh, than he has in a long time lately. But I thought he was holding that for some reason. Um, like I, got, I got to the bottom of of this, by the way. It is going to be Michael Cole, Renee, and Beth uh, for the evening. Um, but uh, Renee Young and Phoenix will be joined by Paige for the kickoff show. Okay, that's what it is. Rick Flair is uh, sixty nine. So there you go. Right on the precipice of being out of his 60s. Yes, I'm sure Ric Flair giggles every day when someone says, how old are you now, Rick? And he just says it. And then, then he gives the wink and then the awkward pause. Woo! <laughs> yeah. just, actually, that's probably the best part about being Ric Flair. Anytime there's an awkward pause, you could just woo and then walk away. Man, what a life. In my mind, I think Ric Flair is like Camp WWE Ric Flair in real life. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't think it's a far stretch. Yeah, uh, but no. Uh, for the record, we because I wasn't doing uh, the wrestling podcast then. I hated when Charlotte, when her dad kept helping her win, and heel Charlotte kept keeping the title that way. I thought that was so dumb and so uh, counter to the narrative the WWE was pushing with the women's revolution. If they really want to use Rick effectively, have Rick come out during this match and have Becky uh, bump him. Have Rick take a bump from Becky. Can he? Is yeah, it? I, I, I think he could probably take a a working punch, mm-hmm. or she super kicks him or something. I mean, she he he probably can't he probably can't take any back like he probably can't do like a she probably can't slam him. But I bet you a, a single strike where he can control his own fall. I'm sure he could do that. I maybe that maybe the too hard spot. She throws a a beer at his face. You know, sitting ringside. That's enough for me. I don't want to see that man doing anything. You're, you're, really, you're really subscribing to the Stone Cold Becky Lynch throwing a beer to this. Place. I didn't even realize that was a, a, a Stone Cold reference, but it, look, it's already it's all in there now, and they've gotten in my brain. So, <laughs> so the main event last night, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton again. Nick, how did this match treat you last night? Well, that, that ear spot is gnarly, right? <laughs> um I just I just watched this and I watched Randy Orton destroy this man again and I thought to myself, well, Jeff Hardy is probably just going to let this one go because he just doesn't seem to care if he gets his ass kicked. And it did for that reason it felt completely flat to me because there was no fire from Jeff the last more hellacious beating uh that Randy Orton gave him after the fact. Uh, it was, you know, it was just a main event for me. It wasn't it didn't excite me. Yeah, this is really what yeah, this is really what kind of just sent home my, my thought that I said earlier. Like this just felt like a real we're gonna keep every, we're gonna keep everything in place in a placeholder. We're not, it just you know, uh, both Jeff and Randy obviously really good workers and I am fans of both of their careers, uh, but it just did nothing for me. I was like it just, just didn't do anything for me. It was a very uh kind of well, ending. Here's what I don't get. So uh yeah, Randy uh did the RKO, got the pin on Jeff Hardy, but here's what I don't understand. Crown Jewel question mark that's 10 days away evolution definitely happening on sunday first all women's pay-per-view in wwe history this should be the cherry on top of the women's revolution why was uh the women why were the women not the go-home segment on this why on raw weren't they building more on the women and treating this i feel like they knew this was going to do well because of the audience for it but the wwe to borrow the phrase, did not go all in on promoting this and making this a huge promotional priority within WWE programming. Uh, 
Nick, why do you think that is? That's a very good question. Um, that that big schmaz they did um, with all the women seems like it would have been a formidable go off. They do that pretty often for for big events. Um, I had actually even looked at it like that, but you're right. They they didn't go off the air, really pushing evolution hard, and they are already kind of behind the. Uh, they're already kind of behind the. I want to say behind the eight ball, but I don't think I, I don't think that's the right phrase I'm supposed to be saying here. They're already kind of behind the curve because they've got two things going against them, right? The crown jewel drama, which they're tied into, you know, because you can't have women there. Um, and then also the Roman news, right? Which is dominated, you know, mainstream. Yeah, Justin, I've seen all the press you've been doing. Satin was on CNN yesterday. I mean, it that is that is the mainstream story right now is what's going on with Roman. And then number two is crown jewel. It's hard to break through that right now to, to get any kind of noise going. I mean, I think Becky and Charlotte uh, definitely have people on the hook and have, have got people interested in that bout. I think Nikki and, and uh, Rhonda definitely has some interest, but I would not have changed those two singles bouts uh, with Alexa and Trish and, and Lita and Mickey. I thought those were two marquee bouts um, that really brought something to it. Once it became a tag, it, it kind of diminished it a bit. I know that Alexa may be working through some issues right now. She's kind of been off the road. But I thought that was a I thought that was a misstep turning that and turning those turning that into a tag match. Um, and then as far as the rest of the card goes, it hasn't really been too flushed out. Um, and I thought they were going to maybe announce a women's tag match, a tag title match to, to be crowned on that show. I don't think we're going to be getting that. Just seems a uh, just seems odd, you know. And and I think it is circumstantial a bit too, just because of the other kind of extenuating circumstances they don't have complete control of, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think they're I think they're stretch real thin. I think they I think they're I think we're seeing potentially some of the results or consequence, maybe is the word, of, of them trying to balance as it was one thing they were gonna try to do it was it was one thing when they were gonna try to build as many shows as they're building to in this in this October, November time frame, and then toss in the controversy with Saudi Arabia, then toss in Roman Reigns. I think they're just I, I think they're just kind of spread thin. Um you know, it's probably also a matter just of the evolution of the timing. I mean, look, I, you, you want all these women to be featured, and it's the, the first ever women's show, and they have their own network. But at the same point, you don't want you don't want the show to go seven hours. So I think they also had to figure out, okay, well, how, how are we going to how are we going to time this? How are we going to give the best of the best? Maybe the, maybe that was part of making uh, the tag match what it was. So yeah, but it, but Glenn, to back to the original point, you are right. It it is kind of a an odd ending that we end with two guys who are going to be in the world cup qualifying and they have another match that we've already seen them have several matches and that's what they in smackdown with a couple days before evolution I, I like nick said i think the the big donnie brook of all the women would have been that k that chaos would have been the perfect way to sign off and say we'll see you sunday for the first ever you know especially if if, if, if becky and charlotte were going to did the pre-tape at the performance center you know that would have been a lot more of a, more of an appropriate ending for sure but i mean it would you know it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been like anything exciting to build to for the main event spot, but not that Randy and, and Jeff was. You could have you could have kept a couple of women from Raw, uh, brought them to SmackDown, and have them yeah. be across at the end too, and be like, "Whoa, where did the the women from Raw come from here?" You know, just to kind of add a little window dressing to it. You know, zhuzh it up a bit. Um, zhuzh. My my favorite word right now. I've been trying to use it more. Is zhuzh. I'm zhuzhing it up. Okay. I like that word. Okay. Uh, zhuzh. I think it's with a j. J. U. Jean. Zhuzh. Sorry, I was J E U. Speaking French now. I was in. I was talking to PC. I got a PCO interview coming out tomorrow on the site. I was talking to a French Canadian yesterday. I think you got. <laughs> my, I think you got my brain. So. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I I agree with everything that was said here. It's, I I think that the segment they should have done something stronger to to go off and push evolution, and it does seem weird they didn't. I wonder if the ticket sales and the the pattern uh, with them, the way it sold at first, maybe they made a decision. Because, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, I bought tickets the morning they went on sale, but during the pre-sale, it didn't sell out. The day they went on sale, it didn't sell out. Uh, ultimately, ticket sales picked up after Nikki versus Ronda was announced. But I wonder if that had something to do with it. Um, see, but I think that just the concept alone got, I'm, I'm just going to say, out of the 10,000 seats in the venue. I bet you the concept alone was good enough to fill maybe 5,000 to 7,500 of those seats. But I think the fact that they didn't start hyping specific matches for it until what was it? Mid to late August. Um, that, that really hurt the ticket sales. I think if they would have set up Nikki versus Ronda earlier, well, announced the tickets more than... go, the tickets, tickets didn't go on sale to the end of August. It was, it was, was it, it the, it the was end of right. August or was it the end of July? Oh, that's right. They announced it, the end of July. So was, yeah, was, you're right. You're right. You're right. It was the Friday after SummerSlam. 
That's correct. So yes, tickets for that. Uh, yeah. So shift back what I'm saying a month. Ticket sales started uh, a little slow in the fact that they didn't sell out, but then they started to announce the matches after that. And what was the first thing they announced was was Alexa versus Trish was the first one that sort of leaked. Yes, I believe that was the actual first, first announcement. I don't know if that's what they. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they didn't give us a program. They didn't give us. I mean, we assumed we all assumed Becky versus Charlotte was going to happen in some form at Evolution. I don't know. I feel like if they built the stories more. Um, ticket sales would have been stronger from the get-go. I think uh, doing a first evolution is this isn't like uh, Survivor Series or even TLC where just the uh, the concept is gonna you know sell it out. I'll get put it close a, to. I'll put a theory out there. Yeah, I think that this show will actually do really well. I think yeah. there will be a lot of people that tune in. I think wrestling fans are desperate right now for something positive. They got, you know, I think they want to find something to like and rally around. And I think this, I think evolution may wind up it, it, while it has been a little weird path getting there. I will put out the theory. I think they will see a little bump in interest on this one just because fans right now are just so emotionally fatigued and they want to, they want a warm hug. Right. And I think that's, <laughs> that's, I think that's what this show may be able to, to provide them. Okay. Tune into evolution for a warm hug from the WWE on Sunday. Uh, I will be there, so I will not be on the podcast after talking about it, but uh, tune into Wrestling Inc., Raj, Matt Morgan, and who knows what third guest is, we will is have. Justin, is Justin there? He looks frozen. I'm here. Oh, there oh. we go. Just not froze. Oh, he's oh, you to that point of to that point to that point of fans wanting something positive. I think also to try to, to try to get people maybe paying attention to Evolution Sunday. I think we're also going to see WWE have a, uh, a network special that I think is going to try to grab. That's a, that'll, that'll air after Evolution. That'll try to help grab uh, attention and people on onto the network again to find kind of fulfill the positivity and again to get eyes uh, logging into the network that night and hopefully watching the Evolution pay per view. So I think we'll get an announcement this week and have some kind of a special. Okay, there you go. Uh, and they did have a special Monday after Raw, uh, the Road to Evolution. I did not watch the. Edit. I'm assuming that was probably just a re-edit of a lot of um, the women's Evolution documentary they already had. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was a bit of that. Um, it did really well though. I know, like one point one million people or something like wow. that rolled right. over. Yeah, rolled over to watch it. So a lot of people stuck around to watch that Road Devolution special. And uh, again, I just think there's something right now where fans want, especially WWE fans, want something positive to rally around. And I, I think they're going to find comfort in this Evolution show. Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, SmackDown, we talk about all the time. SmackDown, so much more enjoyable, so much different than Raw in many respects. And Meltzer said this week, uh, or maybe it wasn't Meltzer, maybe it was just on Wrestling Observer. Uh, but per Wrestling Observer, Vince is not at SmackDown every week. He often just connects via conference call. It's his show. People are carrying out his orders. But I bet you he's not watching it live or at home. So they probably get away with quite a bit. It was a different show last week. That 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 SmackDown 1000 was not a traditional SmackDown show, and elements of that sprinkled over to this week. And I'm hoping that's not a trend. I mean that, yeah. Nick. I mean that. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, uh, Justin? SmackDown 1000 had Vince's hands all over it. Absolutely. 100. And he, yeah, you're right. He's not there. Week to week to week. I mean, he's still, I mean, as long as he's alive, he's still going to be the final say. But yeah, with him not there, not watching things as closely as he would be watching, say, a Monday Night Raw in person, uh, it definitely allows for some different uh, formatting and different pacing to, to happen. And the, and the way, and the way to, yeah. you know, and as long, and as long as it, you know, as long as it doesn't set off a, as long as it doesn't set off a bad feeling with him or a bad number, he'll, he'll keep letting it go. So yeah, but he definitely was all very much involved in the, the show last week. But dance break, I think, is now Vince's top priority in all of SmackDown. Well, it's interesting because there's the uh, the reports now, and I don't really know exactly who to cite, but the Fox people, I think this was Meltzer again from The Observer, the Fox people wanting a more sports-oriented product for SmackDown Live to be and making strides in that direction. And, you know, it's going to be cool to see. I'm excited to see where they go with it. But Vince always has to get a fart joke in, right? And I find that such an interesting wrench in the plan, right? It's like, all right, we'll give you the, we'll do sports. But yeah, but I'm gonna gyrate. I'm gonna dance. You know, it's always it's and it'll be 
it, it'll be interesting to see if, if if that report's true that you're talking about, Nick. If the yeah. Fox people do want a little bit more of a sport, you know, look, WWE's, you know, it was earlier, wasn't it earlier this year where they tried to do like the SmackDown like power was the top twenty or twenty five? Oh, the, the top ten list, and and that fizzled out really quickly. I mean, so like that, I mean, that's a very sports oriented kind of thing, trying to rank the guys and, and, and girls. But you know, so I <laughs> we'll be very interested to see the impasse of the entertainment and the the sports and standings kind of aspect and see um, see how they mesh. They way, over, they way overthought that concept because remember it was like there's a box in the back and you all could drop your votes for this week and the superstars were voting and I think the fans had some influence. It's like, come on. Do you, do you remember like just the terrible promos like Jinder Mahal? And I don't want to do the impression, but I hear it in my head where you'd be like, Randy Orton is very upset about his standing in the top 10 list. <laughs> you know, but they were like trying to make angles out of it. Like some of the worst promos. That is the absolute low point of SmackDown Live uh, post brand split. The top 10 list. I'm, li- I'm reliving it now. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're so bad, man. Uh, Bobby Lashley is hurt, but he's still working. Yeah, that's what. The, yeah, that's that was another note out of the uh, Observer Radio. I think it was Monday morning. Uh, Milter noted that. Uh, yeah, I, I would be bummed. I just, uh, I would just wanted to talk about it because I'd be bummed if Lashley does have to leave. Him and Leo Rush are like my favorite part of Raw right now. Really? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Labar and I have both spent time as managers on the independent scene, and right now there there's a resurgence, and it's really nice to see because you know, again, you know, I, I know that you. You and I just have seen the value in managers and what they can bring to their shows and stuff. And it's been just a, something on the cutting room floor of WWE. I think it's great that they're finally, you know, you've got, they, they did they did a manager poll on Instagram. They're like, who's the best manager in WWE right now? And I was like, wow, they are, they are back to doing this. I think it's good. I want to give this a shot. I think that Lashley is silent, but violent. And Leo Rush is the annoying mouthpiece is a, uh, a very compelling duo. And I, I would just be bummed to see Lashley go down or have to miss TV for any reason if he is injured. Because these guys, if they're given some time and they're given a couple months of steadily building their act up, I think it's going to be a real money power act for, for WWE. Yeah, it fits well. Bobby Lashley looks like a, you know, a big bully of a heel, um, having the barking dog of Leo Rush. And, you know, just for the fact that they've lost Roman Reigns, they lost a heel and Kevin Owens. I mean, you know, they're, you know, Bray Wyatt's not on TV right now, Matt Hardy's. You know, off at the moment, so like, you know, the, losing somebody else would not be I, I, ideal. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know what kind of injury or how serious it is. Hopefully, it's nothing that's gonna yeah you know, take them off. But, yeah. but here's what I want to hear. We're speaking of impressions, not Leo Rush because that could get uncomfortable really quick. Uh, but uh, Justin, you do a very good Vince. I want to hear Vince in Leo's ear telling Leo what to say during those segments. Say my man. My say man. my man. <laughs> Say it again. I'm in. Now. Yeah. Point, point, point to his point, point with more direction to his muscles. I'll do it. Glenn felt uncomfortable, but I'll do the Leo. It's just very high pitched, right? It's just very squeaky. (laughs) Show show off more of that bird chest of yours. Show it off! Show off that bird chest! Show off that bird chest! Don't say bird chest. Just show it. Yo, just show it! Don't say bird chest! Something like that, Glenn. I'll pay whatever the network wants if they let me just hear that feed of Vince going Leo's ear during Raw. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> that should be a weekly. That should be a weekly feature. We just try to, you know, reenact what we thought was going on. I felt like I had to play it out. I was like, well, "We're gonna go there. We got. We got to commit, right? I want the whole experience played out." <laughs> I'm a Chicago <laughs> improviser. I was trained yet uh, to go to go the distance. Sorry. <laughs> the concept and then the fact that Nick was doing it and the fact that it's like borderline, maybe you shouldn't be doing this, but you just committed to it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> don't say bird chest. The fact that he would start screaming that, it's like, no, Vince is like, no, don't say that. <laughs> that makes me laugh. That's why you go the distance. Oh, God. Well, let's let's go on on that high note, gentlemen. Um, Justin, what do you want to plug before we take it home here? Oh, follow me on Twitter at Justin Labar. Uh, my podcast every Thursday morning, Wrestling Reality. It'll be out. I actually have Dangerous Danny Davis, a little special interview. It's going to be a bonus uh, this week, and amongst all the other top topics to talk about. Uh, and of course, your questions. Ask hashtag Ask Labar on Twitter.
Nick, what's coming up on Wrestling Inc.? Uh, yeah, it's a big week. Obviously, we're continuing to monitor what's going on uh, with the Crown Jewel situation. Uh, we're on top of that uh, over on the site. Of course, we're also monitoring all the news going into Evolution. Uh, I've got a brand new episode of The Winkly dropping tomorrow on the Wrestling Inc. audio channel on iTunes. Big episode. I'm going to be talking to PCO. I got Falaba. got Jimmy Corderas. Jesse Collins is going to be back uh, talking all about uh, the current state of the Crown Jewel uh dilemma and uh i'm also going to be diving in and if you want to go over I, I was pretty proud of this it kind of slipped through the cracks here because of all the big news that was dropping but we did a deep dive over the weekend of the current trademark statuses of uh killing the business inc which is the entity owned by matt and dana massey uh there's a lot of speculation about what could be going on with those guys so we decided to follow the paper trail we found a couple interesting things in there there is an update on the trademark filings of All In and Young Bucks right now over on Wrestling Inc. I encourage you to read through it. Uh, I'm going to be diving a bit more into that tomorrow and uh, speculate. I don't like to speculate, but I'm going to try to maybe piece together what some of these filings may mean, uh, especially when they are going to be finally closed because uh, they're not, not. None of these trademarks are officially live yet, and we're going to get yeah. into why that is and when they are going to be live and what the next steps could be. Once those turn live. So very interesting conversation. I am looking forward to it. Um, and I encourage you guys all to, to tune in and subscribe. And I'm at Wink Rebel, W-I-N-C Rebel over on Twitter. Nice. Uh, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. I will be at Evolution on Sunday. I will probably, I'm not, yeah, I'm missing Monday's podcast. I'm going to be dead tired after uh, that quick turnaround trip. But Tune into Wrestling Inc. Matt Morgan, Raj Giri, Justin Labar. I'm sure we'll be holding my down man. at least one of those. Yes. My man. My man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do Leo, Pre Leo Rush Oppression every week on this show now. Great. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, the combination with Vince. Oh, that's something else. Uh, so, yeah, follow me on Twitter, and we'll see you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Yeah, great. I got to hit the button. <laughs>